Welcome to Palmdale United Methodist Church's podcast for Sunday, June 23rd, 2019. May God use this as a blessing to you today. And now, Pastor Aaron Stenberg. So before I moved to the Antelope Valley, much of my life was on the road. I had a pretty crazy commute uh, to and uh, from work, but admittedly, some of that was actually my fault uh, because what I would do is I lived in Santa Ana in a little condo, and I would take my dog Molly, and I would drive 25 minutes to go to Irvine to my parents' house to drop her off for the day. They had a, a lovely backyard. My dad was retired. It worked out great. They kept one another company. So I would drop her off there, and then I would drive to Long Beach. I see some of you know the geography of down below. That would be an additional 35 minutes to two hours, depending on the day, the traffic, and the accidents. Um, And then at the end of the day, after a long day, I would then drive back to Irvine to pick up Molly, spend some time with my parents, and then I would drive home to Santa Ana. Yes, I know what you're thinking. My dog Molly is indeed a very spoiled dog. And I say all of this to just give a little bit of context to my next statement. I cannot cook. To be, to be perfectly frank, part of it is that spending so much time on the road, I never found the time, or to be perfectly honest, never made the time to learn how to cook or at least learn how to cook well. It's sad but true. I'm born and raised United Methodist, and as United Methodist, we have potlucks. I have two go-to dishes, jalapeno poppers, and t- thank you, Don, he's tried them, and tzatziki sauce, which is like a cucumber sauce or salad, depending on how you cook it. Um, now, you may think I'm leading up to a happy ending of this story, that now I'm in Palmdale, my life has changed. I have changed as a person, and I now am a master chef. Nope. <laughs> Jalapeno poppers and tzatziki sauce are my still go-tos for any potluck I might go to. Uh, But I do have more time. I live closer, and there is much less traffic here. Thanks be to God. And I have been experimenting a little bit at home with learning how to cook. Now, I'm not quite brave enough to subject other people to it yet, but it's baby steps, right? So our movie this morning, we are looking at the Disney Pixar film Ratatouille. It's about a rat named Remy whose passion and whose calling in life is to become a great French chef. And as someone whose interest in cooking is is now growing, and as someone who has in the past had pet rats, I was very excited to be able to preach on Ratatouille today. So welcome to the fourth week in our Faith in Disney sermon series. We've been looking at some of the Disney films over the last uh, couple weeks and seeing some of the ways in which they might teach us about life, ways which they might illustrate some of our uh, questions about ourselves and um, about each other, and to see and wrestle with how, as we followers of Jesus, might respond to some of those questions. So our movie opens with an announcer telling us that all French people in the entire world know that the best food is made in Paris, France, and that the best chef in the entire world is a man named Auguste Gusteau. 
Not only was he the youngest chef ever to receive a five-star rating, but he has written an amazing book called Anyone Can Cook, and he has a restaurant with a five-month waiting list. Anton Ego, the local food critic, is not impressed, and he strongly believes that not everyone can cook. And if you are of the opinion that everyone can cook, he doesn't think you're taking cooking very seriously. And so he eats at Gusteau's restaurant, and he actually gives him a negative review, and it drops his star rating from five to four. And Gusteau is so downtrodden and depressed with this happening, he dies soon afterwards, and his restaurant loses another star. His restaurant then starts to fade into the background of disinterest and disregard. However, there is one fan of Gusteau still around. Meet Remy, a young rat filled with dreams and hope, and this young rat has a gift and a talent. He has a highly developed sense of taste and of smell. He lives with his brother Emile and the rest of his rat colony and his father, who is actually the leader. Now, his father discovers Remy's unusual talent when he saves them all from eating rat poison and comes up with a brilliant idea. He puts Remy in charge of being their official rat poison detector. So he sits on a little stump and everyone parades by with the garbage that they're about to eat. Remy smells it. It's good. It's clean. You're fine. Not exactly the life that Remy had in mind. And even though Remy has been taught to hate human beings, he actually really appreciates their creativity and the way they approach food as art. And so he no longer wants to eat garbage. He's inspired instead to experience different kinds of food and to create good food himself. Let's watch. Due to copyright restrictions, we're unable to play the audio version of the videos that we showed in worship. And this brings us to our scripture this morning. Today we are looking at Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. In Paul's day, Corinth had been a Roman colony for over a century, and it included most of what we call Greece. It was very diverse with the people that lived there, from Roman veterans to freed slaves to Greeks, all who lived in the same area. It was well positioned for trade and for wealth, and not only was uh, Corinth diverse in the people who lived there, but it was also incredibly diverse in terms of wealth. There was a huge gap between the rich and the poor. And the church in Corinth that Paul is writing to was a church that was also extremely divided and rather spiritually immature. 1 Corinthians 12.12, Paul writes, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. So in this movie, Remy is faced with a basic question of identity, a question that we all wrestle with in our lives as well, a question that we all have asked at one point or another, why am I here? What is my purpose in life? What should I do with my life? What will make me happy and fulfilled? Do I follow my passions and my gifts all of the time, or do I sometimes let that go to contribute to the needs of the larger group? Now, Remy's father is quite 
clear that the needs of the group are more important than following one's dreams. A rat is a rat, and garbage should be good enough. But Remy also hears the other side of the argument, and he hears from the ghost of Gusteau, who maintains that cooking itself is what matters, the gift and the art of it. And we're faced with this dilemma sometimes, too, right? We've heard stories of people who have a desire to follow their dreams of cooking or maybe of art or music or uh, different options, and their families are begging them to just be practical, right? To find something maybe more lucrative, to take a more secure route, maybe something that the family has always done. As disciples of Jesus, we are told that we are all part of one body, Many members, many types, but one body. And I think as a church, it's important to ask ourselves, what is the message that we are giving as the church? What is the message that we are sending? Uh, The importance of unity and sacrificing together for the whole, or the importance of the distinct gifts that you individually bring? And it makes me wonder, why can't there be a balance of the two? where we welcome everyone into the body of Christ, regardless of the differences amongst us, where we celebrate the uniqueness that each of us has and that each of us brings. And on the flip side, we encourage each other and we look to ourselves, to our gifts, to see, are they glorifying God? Are they building the kingdom? Or are we pursuing them just for ourselves? Well, due to Remy's uh, desire to cook, uh, he and his family are discovered. And they are found living in the home of a rather scary elderly woman. She attacks them with a shotgun, almost destroying her home. uh, And all of the rat colony quickly flee. Remy is separated from his family, and he finds himself alone in the sewers. And the only thing that he has left is Gusteau's book. And he sits there, and he reads through the book, and he tries to think of what to do next. He finally goes to the surface, and he discovers that he has been in Paris, France all along. And right in front of him is Gusteau's restaurant. And so he goes to the skylight of Gusteau's restaurant, so excited to look inside and see what's happening. And he sees a newcomer arrive at the restaurant. And he is the son of Gusteau's old flame, and his name is Alfredo Linguini best name ever. A young, rather awkward boy. Uh, He comes with a letter from his recently deceased uh, mom, uh, and he gives the letter to Chef Skinner, Gusteau's old sous chef, um, and he just asks him for a position for a job in the restaurant. Chef Skinner is reluctant at first, but he gives in, and Linguini becomes the restaurant's newest garbage boy. Let's watch. 1 Corinthians 12, 21 says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And these members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. Each has a role to play, and all of those roles are needed for the functioning of the body. Now, in his desire to become a great French chef, Remy himself falls into this trap of dismissing Linguini as a nobody simply because of his role. Something that we do sometimes ourselves too, right? We dismiss or we judge others based on uh, what we think might be a less honorable role or a weaker role. Or maybe we turn that on ourselves and we think that we don't measure up 
because of the gifts that we have uh, in comparison with others. Maybe we don't think we measure up because our gifts look different than others. But our scripture this morning points out to us that the exact opposite is true. So here we have Remy, who is rather dismissive of the culinary skills of Linguini. And we have to admit, in watching the movie, Remy is right at this point. Linguini cannot cook. And Linguini has now all horribly destroyed the soup. Absolutely ruined. And so Remy pulls himself out of the sink, and he manages not only to fix the soup, but to create such a delicious dish that the customers start to get excited about the food at the restaurant for the first time in a very long time. But in the process, Linguini captures Remy. And the chef uh, demands for Linguini to recreate this soup and sees Remy trying to escape. And Remy is caught in a glass jar. And Chef Skinner tells Linguini to dispose of the rat. By the banks of the river, Linguini discovers that Remy can understand what he's saying. And he also discovers that Remy is, in fact, a great cook. Linguini agrees to let him out, but only if Remy will help him recreate the soup. Now, free at last, Remy uh, quickly escapes and runs away. But then he stops. He turns back. He sees Linguini looking so sad, and he comes back to him, and Linguini takes him home. Back at work the next day, uh, they make their first attempt to try to work together. Let's watch. So they finally discover that Remy is actually able to control Linguini's movements by hiding under his chef's hat and pulling his hair. And so they spend some time and train together until cooking uh, becomes somewhat natural. And with Remy's help, Linguini is able to recreate the soup, and uh, a fellow chef, Colette, is assigned to be his mentor in the kitchen to teach him the ins and outs of what to do and how to be a professional chef. But in the meantime, we discover that Chef Skinner has been using the name of Gusto in order to create a frozen food empire. Sitting in his office, Skinner reads the letter that Linguini came with, and to his shock and his horror, he discovers that Linguini is actually Gusto's son. But all Linguini's mom was asking for was for her son to be given a job at the restaurant. And the contents of Gusto's will stipulate that if no heir comes forward within two years, then all of the business will go to the sous chef, Chef Skinner. And the time is up in less than a month. And so Chef Skinner is on uh, a rampage to discredit Linguini. And so he tries to sabotage him by forcing him to create uh, Gusto's worst recipe. And uh, he expects for Linguini to follow this recipe exactly and for him to fail. However, Remy, like always, uses his gifts and his keen senses. He modifies the recipe, and it turns out to be delicious once more. And things seem to be going well when Remy's family show up. It's a wonderful reunion. He's so happy to see his brother again, but he is dismayed to see that Emile is still eating garbage, and he makes the mistake of starting to feed his family by stealing from the restaurant's kitchen. 
And to make matters worse, Remy's father brings him to a store to show him all of the rats that have been killed, the rat poison, to show that humans and rats cannot get along and that Remy should only be looking out for his own kind. But Remy disagrees with his father. He believes that they can work together. He believes in hope for a different kind of future. And so he returns to the restaurant to find Linguini fast asleep after a long day of cooking and cleaning. And Remy decides and tries to wake him up. And Colette comes in and tries to have a very earnest conversation uh, with him uh, to tell him how much he means to her. And Linguini is fast asleep. When he finally wakes up, he starts to confess his feelings for her. And he starts to tell her what actually is happening. Remy can't have this. And so he takes drastic action and directs him to kiss her. And it's the start of a beautiful new relationship between the two. Shortly afterwards, after trying to get the key to the pantry to feed his family, who keep hounding him for food, Remy discovers the will and the letter in Chef Skinner's office, showing that Linguini is Gusteau's son and heir. He manages to escape from Chef Skinner with the will and letter, and he turns the papers over to Linguini, who then gets ownership of the restaurant. You might think that that's the end of the story. Happy ending, right? Linguini is now the proud owner of Gusteau's restaurant. The bad guy is kind of off to the side. But rather than solving their troubles, new ones begin to arise. Swept up into his uh, newfound fame, Linguini's ego starts to grow, and he begins to discount the importance of Remy's help. And Anton Ego, the food critic, has now heard of Gusteau's uh, restaurant's resurgence and newfound popularity, and so he decides to come and to taste the food once again. Now, Remy is angry at Linguini at this point, and he's given away more of the food from the restaurant. And when Linguini finds out, he throws Remy out to the street. The timing is unfortunate, for this is the same day that Ego is coming to try the food. Remy is dejected and downtrodden, and he meets up with Emile, who is, again, scrounging for garbage, and he saves his brother from trying to eat cheese in a trap, and Remy himself is caught. Let's watch. 1 Corinthians 12:15 says, "If the foot would say because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body." Now I have a question for you this morning. Have you ever felt like you didn't belong? That because you were different, you wouldn't be accepted? Or maybe you've had that feeling in your life where uh, you feel like you are changing to please those around you, to fit in more to those around you. Or maybe you're like Remy. You're in a place where you've discovered who you are in all your uniqueness, the gifts that God has given to you and who you are created to be. And maybe you aren't sure how you might then share that joyous news to someone else. We are reminded this morning that each one of us is needed. And we are needed because of our differences. We are needed because of what makes us unique. We are all given different gifts, different strengths, different weaknesses. And that's because we are all needed in order to complete the puzzle. If you were not here, a piece would be missing, an essential piece of the puzzle. 
So Remy finds Linguini back at the restaurant in a panic because he doesn't know how to cook and he doesn't know how to recreate any of the dishes. But when Remy arrives, Linguini has an insight and he decides to come clean and he confesses to all of the kitchen staff who then leave. They have all felt betrayed, so they all take off. Colette hops on her motorcycle and drives down the road and she stops at a red light. She turns and she sees in a window Gusteau's book, Anyone Can Cook. And she takes a look at that and she turns around and she goes back to the restaurant, just in time to discover that Remy's entire family and rat colony has decided to show up and help Remy out and do the cooking for him. And under Remy's direction, and after getting clean in the industrial cleaner, uh, they are cooking the food. They've also thrown the local health inspector tied up into the kitchen pantry. And Remy uh, decides for Ego's dish He is going to make him a simple dish, a peasant dish, a dish called ratatouille. And Ego takes one bite of this dish prepared for him, and he is transported back to his childhood. For the first time ever, he gives compliments to the chef, and he even decides to wait to the very end of the night in order to meet the chef. Upon meeting Remy and discovering that the chef is a rat. He thanks him for the meal, but he leaves without another word. And the next morning, his review appears. Let's watch. Chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians closes with talking about the various gifts that people have. Verse 30. Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But strive for the greater gifts, and I will show you still a more excellent way. I love the closing of this chapter, of chapter 12. For all of the talk of the various gifts of unity of the body, it all builds up to chapter 13 for this still more excellent way. And so what might that be? Chapter 13, verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith as to remove mountains, but, to have, but do not have love, I am nothing. Love. What is unity in the body without love for one another? What good are any of the gifts that we have if they do not come from a place of love and put love out into the world? Now, reality cooking shows um, are a lot of fun to watch, in my opinion, and I find it amazing when judges are able to uh, eat a dish and their response is, you know, I just don't feel the love that was put into the dish. It's absolutely amazing, but we can tell. Ratatouille is a movie ultimately about love, love for family and love for one's calling, for the gifts that one is given, and finding ways to navigate and balance that tension. And this is a lesson that is given to us in Scripture as well. May we give thanks that we are able to find our identity in Christ, that we are bound one to another in unity. And may we have courage in exploring and discovering the gifts that God has given us, And may we always be grounded in all that we do and all that we are in love.